We don't need to be the thermometer, but we need to be the thermostat. You are the director of your story. You're listening to Rise. Hey, my name is Deanna, and I am so excited that you are here with me today. Before we get started, go ahead and press subscribe and share it with a friend. Okay, here we go. Have you ever heard that saying, don't judge a book by its cover? I have this old rustic book that I sometimes like to pull out and read to the kids. It has a wooden cover and its frail yellowing pages are bound together by some sort of leather type cording. And my little guy, he's like, I don't want to read that. (laughs) He didn't remember it. But then we open it up and there's the funniest story inside about this dog who wouldn't stay home. The family was going out on a picnic and the dog wanted to come too, but the cake was in the dog's seat. And so, sorry dog, you gotta stay home. Well, the dog's like following after the family. Go home dog, go home dog. And and at each stop. Well, next thing you know, someone's chasing them down the street as they're traveling along the countryside, honking behind them. <laughs> and it's their neighbor. <laughs> And the neighbor has this persistent dog that wouldn't stay home. And so the dog got to come after all. Needless to say, the kids did like the story. And they learned not to judge a book by its cover. So often we can judge something or someone by what it looks like. Sometimes the ugliest book could have the best story hidden right inside those pages. It doesn't matter what the cover looks like. That doesn't determine if the inside is good or not. Dirt is ugly, in my opinion. (laughs) I mean, mud can be fun, right? But dirt, it smells like dirt. It's dirty. And, And when you get it, oh goodness, if you touch it, then it gets on you. Dirt is dirty. But when you plant a seed in that dirt... You cannot tell what's growing underneath the soil. And it's it's kind of like the ugly duckling, right? All the ducks thought he was ugly. Ugliest duck I ever seen. And then one day he became a beautiful swan. You cannot judge a book by its cover. And you cannot judge the end by its beginning. And you cannot judge a person according to what they look like. Because how many know that some days you look good? And other days, well... It might be laundry day or messy bun, getting things done that kind of day. Like, actually, I've had that kind of week. (laughs) In 1 Samuel 16, Samuel's looking to anoint a new king in place of Saul, per the Lord's direction, right? And he's going through the children of Jesse, the sons of Jesse. And he sees the oldest, Eliab. And he's like, surely this is it. But God's like, uh, no. For Samuel 16, 7, don't look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him for the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I love that. Isn't it lovely? Isn't it something to know that there is a God who can look right into the very depths of your heart and still love you with this unexplainable depth of everlasting love? And so then after going through all seven of the older sons of Jesse, they finally come to, wait a minute, is this it? (laughs) Wait, do you have any other sons? Where's David? Oh, he wasn't invited. (laughs) So they get David and the Lord says, this is the one. I'm glad they didn't judge the book by the cover because David was a man after God's own heart. 1 Samuel 13, 14. 
and Acts 13.22. God needed someone he could trust to shepherd and to lead his people. How many of you have seen those commercials that used to play when they were like moment before there's like ketchup or something that spills all over the place. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, someone walks in and it can look really bad. See, we walk in and we assume we know the situation. We don't know about the moment before. And this happens every day where one could assume someone meant something one way or another. But you see, we have a limited perspective. We only have from our point of view. And so if we are quick to react before having all the facts, we might make things worse or say things that we might not have said had we let it simmer down. When one is angry, they sometimes just spout out things they don't mean. Like, forgive me for what I said when I was hangry. <laughs> oh no. See, emotions are like the weather. You cannot rely on them. They fluctuate depending on circumstances. You cannot follow your heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10 says, The heart is deceptive above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. On the other end of that, there's Proverbs 3, 5, that if you trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but you trust in the Lord's understanding, you lean on him, then it goes on to say, he will make your path straight. Anger and sadness are like a storm, but after the storm passes, there is always a silver lining. There is a rainbow of promise on the other side. Sometimes something will just make you so upset. James 1.19 So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. See, we got to slow down because next thing you know, you open up your mouth and you start sinning. Proverbs 10.19 Where words are many, sin is not lacking. You might want to tell someone about the something that just happened. Like, can you believe they, did you see what they did? Like, whatever it is, right? And it's really not important. And and your friend, meaning well, they'll say, oh, no, it's okay to vent. I am sorry, my friends. The Lord showed me recently <laughs> that that's not actually in alignment with his word at all. Crazy, huh? Here, let me show you. Proverbs twenty nine eleven. a fool vents all of his feelings but a wise man holds them back. See that? The reason it's foolish is because you will have whatever you say. Then Proverbs 29, 20. Do you see a man hasty in his words, speaking without thinking? There is more hope for a fool than him. See, nowhere in the Bible does it say, let's go vent, fancy for confidentially gossip or talk about how big the molehill looks. Yes, you heard me. They are molehills. They're not mountains. Because how many of you know when you calm down and your emotions are not charged, we can look at it another way. And we can handle it with wisdom and sometimes see the humor in it. What are we to do instead? Well, I say we should pray about everything. Philippians 4 verses 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. But here's the thing. I was thinking about this. When we go to God and we're telling him about the situation or, or the mountain, 
Well, wait a minute. God knows the situation. He was right there. We don't go pray to gossip either. But we go in an attitude of humility and faith, knowing that the Lord works out all things for our good, that the Lord will fight for us. That doesn't mean we cannot tell him, hey, God, I've got this problem. (laughs) When King Hezekiah was sent a letter saying, hey, we're coming to destroy your kingdom. He took it before the Lord. And the Lord perfected that which concerns him. And the Lord cares about all of these things, every detail. He cares about and promises to perfect that which concerns you. Psalm 138.8 So we know God is in our corner. But also, 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we live in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, flesh and blood, but mighty and God for pulling down strongholds. Then verse 5 goes on to tell us to take every thought captive. Our weapons are the words that we speak, the words of God, and the prayers that we pray in alignment with the word of God. Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You must remember, you are not of this world, John 16, 17. So, Why are you going to fight like the rest of the world? If you want different results, you've got to plant different seeds. The thoughts of our heart are like seeds. And when our thoughts are not taken captive and just allowed to gallivant all over the place, speaking whatever comes to mind, these unfiltered words can wreak havoc on our lives. It's like giving permission to the enemy of our hearts to steal and to kill and to destroy areas of our lives. Even if no one but you and God know you're speaking them, guess what? Your words still have power. Proverbs 423 says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. How do you guard your heart? How do things get in? Well, sometimes they sneak in through the noise of the world, television, even the news and sports, perversity or a bad report or some bad news from friends or or even just somebody being discouraging. Those, Those words can get in your ears and then they get in your heart. Proverbs 424 says, put perverse lips far from you. You guard your heart by being mindful, protecting your eyes and ears from the influences going on. What voices are you listening to? Sometimes it's even guarding it from negativity. You don't want the attitude of negativity getting in. Proverbs 1320 says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion that fools will be destroyed. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ Jesus, that you are able to approve what is that acceptable good will of the Lord. See, whatever goes into the heart goes in. And as Jesus tells us, out of the abundance or the overflow of the mouth, the heart speaks. That's Matthew 12, 34. The other reason you need to be mindful about what you're putting into your heart is you see, the more that you hear something, the more you believe it. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So fill up on what God says. What's the good report? Don't get caught up in the bad report. Believing the bad report have cost many people the good things intended for them. 
The two spies versus the ten spies. Okay, we have uh, Joshua and Caleb, two of the leaders that are sent out to look at the promised land and scout it out. And they come back and they're like, oh, yes, it's wonderful. But the other guys, they're like, it's too hard. There's giants in the land. Everything God said is right, but there's giants. Uh, hello, if everything God said is right, can't you trust that he's going to get the giants too, like he said? Well, anyway, they scared everybody. And guess what? Those guys, they didn't make it into the promised land. Just the two spies. Be so filled up with God's word that when the pressure comes, what comes out is all that goodness you've put up inside. Like when you squeeze a can of whipped cream, what comes out of the can? What's been deposited inside? Well, obviously it's whipped cream, right? So it starts in the heart. It starts with your thoughts and it's a cycle. What goes in comes out. What goes in comes out. So really, you get to decide in advance before the circumstances arise how you will respond to the ripples of life. Here's the thing. What goes into the eyes and the ears goes into the heart and back out of the mouth. And guess what? The feet follow. We need to be mindful of our words. James 3, 6 likens our tongues, the words that we utter to a ship's rudder that turns to and fro whichever way it should go. Our tongues can do that. Here's a funny thing to admit. <laughs> so I used to be a super shy peer. If someone else were in the public restroom, I could not go to the bathroom. Oh, it, it was terrible. And now I don't know what that was all about. I mean, we all do it. We all have to go potty. <laughs> well, years ago, when I first learned these principles, I started telling my body what to do. And I would say under my breath, and I sometimes still do, body, go potty. And it's ridiculous, I know, but it works. <laughs> so you have the authority. You will have what you speak, Mark eleven three says. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Proverbs 18.20 A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. And the world will tell you, oh, it's manifestation. If you manifest it, if you say it, it's going to happen. Oh, if you put the energy out there. No, 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 no. You know what? The enemy loves to go about dressed up like an angel of light. He loves to take these principles and say, oh man, you know what? You do not need to follow what the Bible says. You, you don't have to follow all those rules, but you can have it now. But when you realize that the word of God is not a list of rules, but actually a love letter or a driver's manual for life, then you will say, oh no, I don't want to have the blessings without the one with whom they are from. I don't want the shortcut. I don't want the duct tape version. I want the fully equipped and reliable, handcrafted, trustworthy version. You are a masterpiece created for good works that he has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. You're not going to move into a house on a sinking foundation with duct tape covering the holes in the roof. You wouldn't want to move into a house that has plastic on the windows, right? No, you want to move into a house that has a firm foundation, that has good bones. The structure is strong 
and roof is in good order. And guess what? The windows are even double sealed. It is good insulation. It is a well-built house. See, the devil is a thief and is always looking for the opportunity. Proverbs 9 likens it to wisdom calling out. And you know what? Foolishness also calls out at the same time. And then it's up to you to choose. But I'll tell you what, when you do things God's way, it closes the door to the enemy. And then you start living the life and a life more abundantly that the Lord Jesus already paid for, for you to have. You see, even Jesus was careful with his words. John eight twenty six. Jesus says, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world, those things which I heard from him. He's like, that's it. I don't say anything else. When tempted to take shortcuts in the wilderness, he's like, what does the word say? And the devil tried to twist it, but Jesus knew the word. And the devil left him for a more opportune time. But then angels came and strengthened him. Matthew 4, 11. Okay, and so then there's this other bit in Luke chapter 9, where the people of a certain Samaritan village did not receive Jesus and his disciples. And James and John get really excited. See, they were new to this whole I have authority thing, and they didn't quite know how to use it, right? And so they're like, hey, Jesus, should we go ahead and call down fire from heaven like Elijah did? Luke nine fifty five. But he turned and rebuked them. You do not know what manner of spirit you're of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. See, the Spirit searches the deep things of God. 1 Corinthians 2.10 The Spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the inner depths of his heart. Proverbs 20.27 We were given the Spirit of God. The Spirit within us cries out, Abba, Father. Galatians 4.6 and remember how God spoke and it was Psalm 33, 9 and Hebrews eleven three. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. He made something out of nothing and you were created and gifted with that same ability. We were made in his image and likeness. Genesis 1, 26. His spirit, that same spirit that hovered upon the water that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. First John 4.13 By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And that spirit that searches the heart that takes of what is his and declares it to us. John 16.14 That is what spirit we are of. So we need to be those who when we open our mouths like Proverbs thirty one twenty six, that there is wisdom paired with knowledge and kindness on our tongue. That when we speak, we speak in a way that brings life and is edifying. Like Ephesians four twenty nine, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is edifying, what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit the hearers or or those who listen. James one twenty one, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Then it goes on to say in verse 26, if anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. In Matthew 12, 36, Jesus tells us that everyone 
will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Romans 10.10, Amplified Version. For with the heart a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification, that is, being made righteous, being freed from the guilt and sin, and made acceptable to God. And with the mouth, see that our words, he acknowledges and confesses his faith openly, resulting in and confirming his salvation. In other words, with your heart you believe, and with your mouth you speak. And that's how you're saved. Just right there. It's that simple. Proverbs 13.2 A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens his lips wide shall have destruction. Recently, I was out at dinner with my family and my father-in-law, he says, oh, the food's going to be here in three minutes. He even sets a timer. And then before the timer was even done, that food came. I was amazed because in my mind, the time of the three minutes actually had started when he first said it. He set the, the timer afterward. So it would have been there right about three minutes. Then as we're leaving, my baby started to cry as soon as she got in her car seat. And he's like, oh, she's going to stop by the time you reach the light out of here. Like, guess what? She stopped. He was right again. There are so many countless verses, especially a ton in Proverbs that tell us that we will have what we say. So stop for a minute and think about what you want and say that. You are not your circumstances. You are not limited by your circumstances. Circumstances are temporary. What is seen is temporary. You've got to change the way you're looking at things. What is seen is temporary. But that invisible stuff, the stuff happening when you speak, there are things happening in the spirit when you speak that bring things to pass. Our worlds are formed by the words that we speak. Daniel ten twelve. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Do you know that that angel took 21 days to get over to him? But from the first day, the Lord was already sending the answer. You cannot always see what is going on in the spirit, but you can trust that there's something going on in the spirit. We do not need to be the thermometer for the environment, but we can shift the environment with our words, the words that we choose to speak. We can be the thermostat and actually set the temperature. I am still working on some of these principles myself. <laughs> I've noticed that with my son, if I'm like, you're not listening, then he's not listening that whole day, right? Because I've set the tone but if I say, oh my goodness, you are so helpful and such an amazing listener, then that sets the tone. I'm not saying you need to premeditate in advance what you will say every time something happens before you say it. Sometimes you've got to think on your feet, right? But what you put in, that's what's going to come right out. Jesus said the Spirit will tell you in that hour what to speak, Matthew 10:19. It's time to be the wise person who builds their house, who doesn't tear it down with their own hands, Proverbs 14:1. I love that quote. It goes, don't dig up in doubt what you planted in faith. It's time for us to be planting new seeds, seeds in our heart that bring life, that shape the life we are called to live, lives that bear good fruit. 
the fruit you want to eat. Now, rise up, take courage, and do it. Hey guys, thanks for listening. It really means the world to me that you decided to just spend a little bit of time with me today. And before we go too much further, if this message impacted you today, please go ahead and leave me a little review. I would so appreciate that. And you know what else? If this message did anything for you and you knew somebody else who could use it, somebody else that needs some encouragement, who needs to be stirred up, go ahead and copy the link and share it with someone else because things are a lot more fun when we do them together. I'll talk to you soon. Have a beautiful day.